Hey everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. We have an amazing show planned for you for today, but wait a second. Ah, hold on a second. One sec. Ah, so much better. Support for the Choking Hazard podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped has launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. That's right, the 4.0. Join 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, including this guy, with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code CHPODCAST at manscaped.com. That's right, we got our own promo code. And let me tell you something, I tried Manscaped myself with the 4.0. It was an amazing experience. Now, let me tell you one thing. Shaving with a sleek, well-designed, optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom, you can't get any better than that. This thing's got an LED light. you got to find stuff down there, it's going to find it for you. But let me tell you one thing. If you're shaving your face with something that you're shaving below your waist, I think you need to think twice, my friend. That's not a good thing. Nobody wants pubes in your mouth. It's time to get your own ball and body trimmer with Manscaped and to make me time the best time and enhance your confidence with a nice, smooth voice. So remember, get 20% off free shipping with the code CHPODCAST at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping worldwide at manscaped.com. Use the code CHPODCAST. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools and get the job done with Manscaped. Before we get started, don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you want more podcasts, breakdowns, athletes, coaches, a whole bunch of hot takes, you know where to find them. Only on the Choking Hazard Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Get on the podcast. You're going to not want to miss out what you were missing. We are also sponsored by Spirit Leaf Waterdown, located at 64 Hamilton Street North in Waterdown, Ontario. If you're looking for Canada's top cannabis brand, look no further than Spirit Leaf and Waterdown. Alex and his crew is going to get you set up for everything that you need, especially now that all the stores are open. Just remember, if you want your discount, make sure you like our Instagram and their Instagram, and you're going to save some money every time you shop there. Just remember, you got to like our Instagram, their Instagram, show them that you're showing us support, and you're going to get your discount. And lastly, we are sponsored by Project Escard. Project Escard is an amazing program that helps underprivileged youth in Ontario get connected to Jiu-Jitsu. If you know anybody who would qualify for this type of program, make sure you connect with us or reach out to them directly and we'll get you connected. Thanks everybody. Enjoy the show and we're going to see you on the mats very soon. And welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have a great show planned for you today. Unfortunately, it's just myself, so it's going to be the Choking Hazard's first solo cast of just me going over kind of the content that we have for the day. It is Mike's birthday, so we're going to let him celebrate the day for himself. But we still had such a huge weekend that came ahead of us. We wanted to make sure that we reached out and got the content that you guys wanted to hear about more than anything that's happened over the last couple 24 to 48 hours. It's been super exciting. So let's kind of get back right into it. So biggest news that we've had, especially in the Ontario scene, is July 16th, the Ontario Reopening Act 
not necessarily came to an end, but we moved into stage three. So this is the first time that we're having jujitsu gyms actually open up to the general public, getting going and getting those businesses back and rolling. When we first started this podcast, it was really in the height of the pandemic where everything was closed. We couldn't have training sessions. We were still trying to figure out everything that was going on within the pandemic. And we came up with the podcast idea and everything had been virtual meeting with different instructors, talking about them, their struggles, things that they've been doing in their business, how they've been able to keep their students engaged and everything that they've been doing. Finally, now with this, um, the pandemic somewhat on, it's kind of like on the back burner more than anything. Obviously, we're being careful and we're making things work and as a province together, this is the greatest news ever because that means clubs are opening up, we're getting mats filled. I've been seeing social media just go rampant with all these different types of academies that are just so excited to open up their doors and be able to run for their students. So it's been pretty fascinating to see, especially how big that Ontario scene has gotten, especially over this last 15, 16 months. And now we're just starting to see all these different clubs starting to open up and it's crazy. It, I don't even know how to explain it. So it's gonna be really exciting to see what happens in the next obviously year and we just want to keep going now the good thing about that is that that means mike and i are going to be able to travel to different academies and we're going to be able to go to these different places and we have a huge amount of ideas and content that we're going to be bringing to you guys that we are super excited about so i want you guys to keep an open mind we're going to be dropping a lot of stuff in the next little bit and it's going to be really cool because especially we got some academy tours that we're going to plan, um, some guests that we've already seen before, and plus some new guests. We're going to try and travel outside of Ontario. So it's going to be exciting. Now, like the rest of the world has been reopening with jujitsu already, it seems Ontario was the last one to do it. But like I said, the rest of the world had a lot of grappling going on over the weekend, and we had Road to ADCC. And let me tell you, what an amazing card that we had. It was just fantastic. It seems that we've got a lot of questions answered, but we also got a lot of questions unanswered. So I'm excited to see, especially what's gonna come down the pipeline, especially with the next couple of matches that they're gonna make. Flow Grappling and ADCC just seems to be stepping up the bar each and every single time they throw these cards out. So. It's going to be very interesting to see what they come up with, especially moving into the future. This quote, the whole main event that was highlighted by Cayenne versus Matisse, what a match. And it seems to be that Cayenne has put the world on notice, especially the way he's been training Nogi, and he's going for that title. And, and if more than anything, he is that not necessarily his coming out party, but it, the type of domination that we're seeing from him it's amazing. And we'll get into that recap as we kind of break down those matches as we go. Obviously, we didn't get the co-main event that we wanted, but we also had a lot of different types of matches, a lot of high-paced, action-packed matches, and there was a lot to talk about. So let's get into it. So our main event that was highlighted by Cayenne versus Matisse, two ADC champions, two gentlemen that have been looking to put their stamp as far as their their name goes into the grappling world we have matisse coming off that unfortunate loss to lucas barbosa's um apparent choke but obviously that back take that the choke didn't happen uh, when it should have but then you also have cayenne that's coming off that amazing win off of rodolfo Vedera. like let me tell you one thing if cayenne didn't put the world on notice in that fight 
He definitely put the world on notice in this fight. It was simply a technical display on how he was able to do what he did. Now, did we see a long match? No, he was able to finish that match within the first two minutes. But was he able to display some pretty amazing jiu-jitsu, even though it wasn't a lot that he displayed? Absolutely. For Kayan to do what he did to Matisse Denise was pretty extraordinary. This is an individual who is an ADC champion. This is a person who has competed at the highest level, and he was taken out within two, the first two minutes of that match. Now, was he had a weight advantage, uh, weight disadvantage? Absolutely. Were there skill sets that might have been better than Matisse? Obviously, that Kayan possessed. Absolutely. Is age possibly a factor? And that last loss, obviously that could have been a factor as well. I did go out on the limb and say, hey, that I thought Matisse was going to take this actual fight to Kayan and he was going to come with a vengeance to try and get that win. I was proven wrong. But you know what? I still think we haven't seen the last of Matisse. I think he's going to come back, get his training in order. As Gordon Ryan was kind of saying, he was training at a Marcelo Garcia's obviously those clubs have been closed in New York City and he hadn't been able to get his uh, training camp in order especially for the last two competitions that he's been in so I think with some retuning he might be able to come back better than ever but Kayan what can we say for the last five months as he said he's been really focusing on Jat Nogi training and we can see the differences that he's made in his game so I think it's now what's the next step Who's the next matchup for this this guy? It's going to be interesting to see who they actually decide that they want to set him up for because we are looking at possibly this individual, uh, you're possibly seeing Cayenne being in ADCC, obviously getting into the Open and possibly winning the Open depending on who those matchups are. So it'd be very interesting and exciting to see at the same time. Taking the place of our co-main event was Nikki Ryan versus Canada's very own Deontay Leon. And what a matchup that was because we actually got to see the Nikki Ryan that everybody had been waiting to see. We had always been hearing stories about this hard, this great thing that we've been waiting to kind of see that's coming out of uh, the Danaher Death Squad in Puerto Rico with Nikki Ryan, but we just haven't really been seeing it. We've been seeing some great performances, but they they weren't necessarily being the best ones that even Nikki Ryan kind of puts himself up to say that they've been the best ones of his performances. For 15 minutes, we had a Nikki Ryan that was clearly dominating the fight everywhere it took, between the stand-up battles, between the bottom entanglement, between everything that was happening within the matchups, Nicky Ryan was taking it to Deontay, and it was very convincingly that he was going to have a great victory throughout this. Now, within that last five minutes of the match, or earlier, it seems like Nicky Ryan did injure himself and had to concede the bottom position, and then just played guard for the rest of the actual match to make sure that he didn't get scored upon. So, because again, he was up five points and he had the two negative points from the one guard uh, pull that he had. Well, actually, so the good, the two guard pulls. But what a performance, and especially to battle out through that injury. And Deontay Leon is a great wrestler, great grappling plan, plan, game plan. He's working in Ohio with a great wrestling pedigree down there, and he has the bodies that he's working with. So Nikki Ryan really took the match up to him, really kind of laid out his game plan. And again, he was able to score a bunch of takedowns, especially from the wrestling position and from the guard to stand-up positions very well. So now the question is, how is that injury affected? 
affect Nicky Ryan moving forward? Are we going to be able to see Nicky Ryan perform at his best? And hopefully that injury didn't take too much out of it. Hopefully he's back and it's just something minor. He's back in the training room right away. And then he's able to kind of build on that momentum of obviously what he's built. But again, if they were going to call it a coming out party, I think that we saw it. That is a great performance by Nicky Ryan. I hope he gets better. Deontay, still a really good performance. He just didn't have that eagerness or didn't have the game plan that he was expecting because he was just getting beat to the punch. And by the time that five minutes in the left in the match when Nicky ended up pulling guard, that's when he realized he had to get moving. He wasn't able to, to mount up an offense to get that pass so he could at least tie the match and either take it to a decision or possibly get another pass or another sub attempt. So curious to see what happens moving forward with Deontay. But again, another great performance by Nicky Ryan. Curious to see what happens moving forward. One of the matches that everybody was really excited to see and wanted to see how he was going to do was Mikey Musecki versus Gio Martinez. And I'm going to tell you one thing. This guy did not disappoint. My goodness gracious. To see a person who's never competed in ADCC just switching more into the no-gi competition within the last year what an evolution of a training individual we have seen right now. It was absolutely amazing and astonishing. Now, there were points of the match where maybe it looked like there were a lot of things that if you weren't trained eyes to see the leg entanglements going, but we saw from fight, start to be from literally from the beginning of the fight all the way to the end, Mikey consistently attacking and looking for the finish every single time. It was now. To give credit to Gio Martinez, 10th Planet Black Belt, he, Mike, like the amount of submission ex escapes that this, that he was able to find and get out of, and while he kept trying to counter his attacks and build off that, and Gio could not seem to catch Mikey in any sort of momentum building forward, but hats off to both these guys, especially for the match that they laid out. Talk about back and forth action, but Mikey really pushed the pace. He won that match absolutely, and he dominated most of the match, especially throughout the entire contest. Now, did Gio have his moments in those matchups? Absolutely. There were some parts where he was able to catch and then transition, especially in the leg entanglement. There seemed to be times where they actually did put Mikey in trouble where he actually had to reconsider every entry that he did. But just seeing the type of leg entries that Mikey kept transitioning into and that arm lock right off the first two minutes of the match when after Mikey had gotten taken down by Gio where he's like, okay, I'm not going to fight the takedown. I'm going to end up here anyways. And he just transitioned into that shoulder armbar, which was a perfect transition. Now, Gio was able to perfectly defend, but that arm was still straight for a good 30 seconds. So I, I'm possibly to believe that that's going to be a little sore in the morning and could have ha hampered the actual effects of anything that Gio could have actually got within strength. But who knows? But it was a really good matchup. And I think if we look at the evolution of Mikey, there's so many things to talk about here. We have a person who's just, this is the first time he's competed in ADC rules. So transitioning from obviously going from IBJJF, then moving into the who's number one rule set, and now the ADCC rule set, 
you're just starting to see that he's slowly coming into his own and really starting to see these different transitions. And he was able to maintain back control through what after the 10 minutes of the no points expired. He was able to get his six points with that back control. And I do think that if Mikey had enough time, he definitely would have been able to find probably and be able to get that submission. But it was still an amazing performance. And I think if you look at the way he's transitioned his grappling game into the no-gi scene, I think we're really starting to see something that's going to be exciting, especially if Mikey does decide that he's going to join ADCC, especially in uh, 2022. So time will tell what we're going to see. Obviously, there's a lot more matchups to make. Um, I'm really curious to see who they decide they're going to put him up against next. Um, again, hats off to Gio. I think it was a really great matchup, but Mikey just seemed to own the day and he owned everything about that whole matchup. So it's curious to see where Gio goes from here and who they set him up with again. But um, I think the real question was, okay, who's next for uh, Mikey and can we see him in the ADCC moving forward? Matchup that everybody wanted to see, it was Lucas Barbosa versus William Tackett. Unfortunately, Craig Jones was supposed to be the co-main event with Lucas Barbosa, which would have been an amazing, great fight to see uh, the guy wrestling, that pressure passing style versus Craig Jones, which is going to be that leg entanglement, heel hooks kind of coming into his own and really trying to take the grappling world by storm and trying to own it, especially in the place of Gordon Ryan. Now, it wasn't a matchup everybody wanted to see, and I think it kind of went the way a lot of people thought it might go, right? William Tackett was clearly coming under undersized compared to Lucas Barbosa. Um, Lucas Barbosa is a natural light heavyweight where William Tackett's walking around at the middleweight. Uh, yeah, there was only like a five pound difference between the two of them, but you could tell that the size difference really came came into a part of that. I mean, we didn't really see, and I'm being completely transparent, I didn't really find the match too exciting. I found it where Lucas Barbosa was going to put his pressure on him. He was going to take him down. We knew these things were going to happen. I think William Tackett was trying to bait him into certain things and maybe try to catch him early. But I think as that match started to wear down and then as William Tackett realized that he was um, below on the points, wasn't really necessarily worried about points anymore and was just trying to hunt for that submission. I really didn't see anything that really impressed me from Lucas. I'll be completely honest with you. I mean, maybe that's just me and the way his style. He did rack up a 34 to nothing win over him, but I think that's more because William Tackett wasn't really worried about the submission, uh, um, the points game at that point. So it was just at that point he was just getting passed. And again, William Tackett took this fight on short notice. He wasn't preparing for an opponent like this. He's a game competitor who came into fight. He does that every single time. This was a rematch, um, but it, 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 it kind of went the way everybody thought it might go. Unfortunately, it, it wasn't work out for William Packett. And I'll be honest with you, it's not, I'm not too impressed with Luca Barbosa. Yeah, sure, he got 34 nothing on ADC rule set. He might have set a record as far as goring goes, I think Andre said. But I'm not that impressed with it. I mean, some others might disagree with me on that. But for somebody who is not necessarily gaming to the fight and more just kind of didn't care about the points at that point and was just hunting for submission, and these guys his points racked up on him, it's not really impressive. I don't know. That's me. I'm just kind of biased because of the last fight with Matisse and um, 
Barbosa, and I just don't like some of the antics that Barbosa will put out onto uh, his social media platform and then also as he celebrates his wins. But that's just me and that's my vendetta. So if you don't agree with me, that's totally cool. We can have that disagreement and I'm totally fine with it. But that's what it is. Anyways, otherwise it was a really good match. Two game competitors. But again, it wasn't the most exciting match of the entire card. Like, there were some really good matches. If I had to score all these matches, that was not one of my favorites. So just the same like this card ended with a bang, it started with a bang. With Roberto Ginomenaz coming right out of the gate with Cade Rotolo. My God, we talk about fireworks and two guys just went right after each other right off the opening bell. And that was a high-paced match. It was filled with everything you could ask for. Transitions, scrambles, wrestling, back and back takes. It had everything you wanted out of that entire match. I think when you looked at the athleticism of both these individuals, it was just great to see the two highly skilled submission hunters going after each other the entire match. Now, I think as the match started to wear down, Roberto seemed to catch in his groove and he started to slow Cade down a lot, especially during the transitions and starting to try and put his pressure on him. And that's kind of where the transition period started to happen, where the match turned more in favor of Roberto as the match went on. But right off the hop, it was anybody's gambit. It was really up in the air between back takes and spins and there it was just back and forth and I thought it was a really well even though it's not them again first this is another rematch another sorry another match that wasn't meant to happen we still got a really good high paced match the original match that was supposed to be Andrew Woods versus Roberto Ginnema that was going to be a firestorm everybody was really waiting for that match unfortunately it didn't happen we still got a really good match with what we got so like hats off to Cade Rattulo, man. That was a really good fight. Um, and especially, I know he was trying to shoot for that buggy choke at one point when he had moved into side control and Roberto was able to kind of see that transitioning happening, moved into north-south. So there was those capabilities that Cade was always looking for the submission and he was always trying to push the pace to see if he could catch Roberto. But I think Roberto just being the highly skilled individual that he is, plus a submission hunter, was able to see what was going on slowed the pace down to where he wanted to put that match, put the pressure on Cade and was just able, and as soon as he was able to get that transition to the back and he was just able to have his way and get that body triangle set up, start to trap the arm and then after the arm was trapped, the end was in sight very soon. But what's a, like I said, great matchup, great fight. It was a great time to start that card off and it started off with a bang. Hats off to both those guys. Roberto Ginomaz with the uh, rear naked choke submission got the win. So it's curious to see where this next one. I do hope that they're able to reschedule that Andrew Wills uh, matchup. I think it would be a great match to see what actually happens. You have two highly skilled individuals that don't give up. And we're just going to see. To kind of wrap things up as far as kind of road ADCC, Amazing card. I thought it was very well done. They had a lot of great matchups. Again, injuries happened, so it kind of threw the card off. However, I do think they came in with a lot of really great replacements to take over those fights, and they were still able to have a really good competitive card. Again, a lot of the questions to be answered. Where does Kayan go from here? What's his next step? Where are we going to be? 
Mikey, what's his next steps? What's the next matchup? And are we going to see him finally in ADCC? And what's going to happen from there? Nicky Ryan, hopefully he doesn't have that injury that takes him out of the game too long so he can build upon that momentum that he's built and kind of build from there. Lucas Barbosa versus Craig Jones has to happen. Nothing said. This match has to happen. We have to have that rematch, especially with the new and improved Craig Jones. So hopefully that broken hand doesn't take him out of the equation too long. And then we have a competitive Lucas Barbosa coming back into it and build from there. Overall, the card was great. I hope you guys enjoyed the card. So if you haven't had a chance to see it and I spoiled everything for you, well, too bad, so sad. Like I kind of said before, obviously with the pandemic behind us, especially in Ontario, we're back. So we never really left though. So we're going to keep training and hopefully we're going to get some tournaments back in the saddle very soon. And we never know what professional cards are going to be coming up to Canada, hopefully soon in the near future. So I'm excited to see, especially what the scene starts to turn into, because we're just getting back on our feet. So I'm excited. It's going to be a fun time. It's going to be one hell of a ride, that's for sure. So if you guys have any questions, please make sure you guys send us some links in, uh, either some direct messages. We love answering your questions, especially on YouTube. So make sure you guys reach out to us so we can help you go from there. Also, we're going to have a lot of tons of guests. We're going to have a ton of guests coming up shortly in the next little bit. And plus, we've got that Academy Tour that's going to be happening very soon. So hopefully, it's going to be your Academy if you're listening to us. And we'll, And if you want us to come out to your Academy, by all means, please reach out to us. And we will more than welcome be willing to come out there and do an episode, especially with you as an instructor or you're an athlete or or whatever you're looking for. Like, remember, the mission of this podcast is to push Canadian content, and we are going to keep driving you guys, the athletes, the coaches, and obviously the practitioners. So we're out here looking out for you guys, and we want to help build as much content as we can, especially for you guys. Thank you again, everybody, for listening to me today on a first ever solo cast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, by all means, if, don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast and our YouTube channel. Um, hope to see you guys soon. See you on the map very soon. Have a good one, guys.